0: about learning on mission and this is a um, just amazing opportunity for us that we there's something about being on mission together that we learn as we go as we go we're learning Um, and you probably have had this passage read to you um, over the last few weeks while we're doing missional discipleship Matthew 28 um, verse 18 to 20 Jesus says that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Basically, Jesus has sent you on a mission to help people to find Jesus and then to follow Jesus. That's your mission. If you choose to accept it, it is when you choose to accept Jesus as the Lord of your life. Basically, you're saying, I am gonna go on a mission where I help people to find Jesus and follow Jesus. And that's your mission. So if you choose to accept your mission, to help people to find Jesus and follow Jesus, it looks like discipleship happens when doing mission. So discipleship is all about learning and growing as a follower of Jesus. And Jesus commissioned the disciples to make more disciples. It was all about how they could live as witnesses to God's kingdom and invite others to be part of it. We must not separate mission and from discipleship. Jesus' disciples learn by being on mission with him. The best way for us to do discipleship as the community of God's people is for us to do mission together. That's how we learn. That's how we grow. It's going out there and doing it. And it, it does something to us, it works in our hearts and our lives, it brings transformation. We are to help one another to be more like Jesus. Which is about becoming a more faithful witness to him and the gospel of the kingdom. So I want to just um, read um, a passage from Luke 10, and it's quite a long passage, because um, the Bible, it speaks to our hearts and transforms our lives. and so it's good to get into the Word of God and read it. So I'm going to read Luke 10. Verse 1 to 24. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there eating and drinking whatever they give you. For the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick. Heal the sick who are there and tell them: the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcome, go into the streets and say, Eat. Even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Chorazin, woe to you, Bethsaida, for if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon, at the judgment, then for you. A new will you will be lifted to the heavens. No, you will go. Will you be lifted to the heavens? No, you will go down to Hades. Whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me. But whoever rejects me, whoever rejects me rejects him who sent me. The 72. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, "I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to, be, to me by my Father. No one who knows the Son is, no one who knows the Son is except." The no one. Knows, I don't know if I've written it down wrong here. Yes, exactly. It, has, it is wrong on here. <laughs> no one knows who the son is except the father, and no one who knows the father is except the son, and those to whom the son chooses to reveal him. Then he returned to his disciples and said privately. Blessed are the eyes that see what you see, for I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Wow, that is an amazing passage of scripture, and, and in my clumsiness of reading that, it is worth reading that again, and just asking the Holy Spirit to speak to you. You know, when we read the word of God, he wants to speak to us through it. He wants to show us and reveal himself in that. And he wants to help us to learn, well, what is it that we do with our lives? How do we outwork uh, the calling of God on our lives? And we can go to scriptures and it inspires us and it makes us realize, actually, there is so much that we can do in the power of the Holy Spirit. So he anoints, he sends, he appoints the 72 people to go out and um, to go before him. He doesn't send them out on their own, but they go out in two by two. They they go with someone. They're not going out on their own. He sends them out into the harvest field because the harvest field is plentiful you know that's so amazing Jesus does not send us out to to some like a barren place but he actually sends you out for a purpose because he, he's already got this harvest It's harvest is there and it's ready for us to go and to get and he sends us to that place it makes it easy for us by saying the harvest is ready just go out the harvest is ready He's sending his disciples out like lambs among wolves. And I'm, I'm actually surprised when Jesus said that, that this still actually went. <laughs> you know, if anyone said to me, all right, I'm going to send you out amongst wolves, I'd be like, oh my goodness, what am I go- doing right now? But I imagine that they will have followed Jesus around and saw something of Jesus and saw something amazing of what Jesus did and in his kindness and in his gentleness that inspired them to think, actually, yes, I can go out like as lambs, in, as wolves. There's something about Jesus that helped them and provoked them to go. See, the kingdom of God that we're a part of, it's not, it doesn't devour, it doesn't, it doesn't kill, doesn't steal and destroy like the enemy does. Jesus came with kindness and humility to save and to restore. And Jesus ministers life and fills us with the Holy Spirit so that we can stand firm against the devil's schemes. And he's right there with us, transforming us, making us light in dark places as we disciple one another while on mission, helping people to find Jesus and follow him. His disciple, he tells his disciples not to take, a purse or bag or sandals and to not even greet anyone on the road. You know, he told the disciples not to take anything, and maybe because he didn't want anything to weigh them down or to, to slow them down. He wanted them to just go. And, you know, there's, some, there's another scripture in the Bible that says, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be given to you. So Jesus told the disciples, you go out there, and you go and minister. You don't need to take a bag. Don't take a purse. Don't take anything. Just go. And if you find yourself in a place where you're welcome and they want to feed you because a worker deserves their wages so he's saying you can go you don't need anything to weigh you down or to slow you down because I will provide for you in your going that is so wonderful and it's inspiring and it's encouraging to us to think yes this is what it looks like to seek first the kingdom of God Jesus gave them authority to heal the sick. And, and if they're rejected, they're not the ones that are being rejected, but it's Jesus. And and this, like, I find this quite hard because even when Jesus, if you know when you're going and ministering or you're telling people about Jesus and they reject you, it does feel p- quite personal, really, doesn't it? So I don't know if that actually helped the disciples to think, okay, great, you know, if they're not rejecting me, they're rejecting Jesus. Because I would still feel it if they were... If they rejected Jesus. But there is this excitement as the 72 return. They return with joy. And even the, su- the demons submitted to them in Jesus' name. Jesus tells them that he saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. You know, this is, we've been singing about this this morning and Rian brought this word about we see heaven. We see heaven. Come. When we see heaven, we see seeing people's lives restored. We're seeing people getting healed. We're seeing people come to know Jesus. That is us seeing heaven. Amen. Satan has no power or authority over us when we go in Jesus' name because Jesus has all the authority. And when we go in Jesus' name and speak and in his name, we have the authority of Jesus. So Jesus is full of joy and gives praise and thanks to his father because of what the disciples did. They went out into the harvest field, not as scholars or experts or, or trained people in, in, like, they wasn't, like, proficient in, in all the things of evangelism. They just went out. And Jesus was really excited about this, that they came back with amazing stories. They were obedient. They went out, like, with childlike faith. And they saw amazing and wonderful things. And this really excited Jesus. Everything the the kings and the prophets were longing for in the Old Testament was now happening here on earth. And Jesus got to see it. And this is what what excited him. Because the prophets and the kings were like, oh, if all of God's people were full of the Holy Spirit. If all of God's people could go out and minister and and see heaven come to earth and people's lives restored and healed. If only that happened. And it was starting to happen here and now. And This is why Jesus was really excited, full of joy. As followers of Jesus, we are called not only to be disciples, but also to make disciples. I'm going to keep repeating that, by the way. So, And this calling goes hand in hand with our mission to reach the world with the transforming power of the gospel. It goes hand in hand. Mission and discipleship goes hand in hand. We are chosen and sent out. We are appointed part of the mission of God. Our mission is to be discipled and to disciple people by helping them to find Jesus and follow him. And this is using, this is, this is what we're supposed to do. This is how we are supposed to organize our lives. We're supposed to be thinking, okay, if this is the pur- my purpose, then how do I organize my life so that I can be discipled, I can disciple others, and I can do that on mission together. What does that look like? You have been pointed by Jesus. He has picked you out. You are his chosen possession. As soon as you receive Jesus to be the Lord of your life, he sends you out ahead of him. You are his ambassadors who are to witness to people who don't know Jesus. I just want to read Matthew 5, verse 13 to 16. It says, you are this is about you you are the salt of the earth but if the salt loses its saltiness how can it be made salty again it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot you are the light of the world a town built on a hill cannot be hidden neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl instead they put it on a stand And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We are salt and light. Now, there's something attractive about salt and light. Those who are living this life without Jesus may or may not realize it if they are in darkness, and they're de- trying desperately to find that, that seasoning that will bring flavor to their life. And in Jesus, we are that light and that, sa- that seasoning, that flavoring, that bringing what they're lacking. The soul and light that, that we have is attractive. It's what they need. It's what they're hungry for. And they may not even realize it. You know when you need something and you don't realize it, but then when you see it, you're like, yes, that's what it is. That's what you are. People will notice you and see you and like, that's what I need. What is it? What is it that you've got? I need that in my life. See, single, so we're not just one house on top of a hill, but we are a town. There's something attractive about a town. There's life. There's hope. Possibly fun there 's work, needs are being met, a promise of all kinds of possibilities. A single house on a hill um, does not shine in the same way it doesn 't shine as far as a town on a hill or promise as much in the way of being all kinds of possibilities as there is if there was a town, a community of God being together there 's something attractive about a community. Of God. We are a town on a hill whose light is shining, and that light can be seen from far off. Together, together we are attractive to the world. Colossians 4, verse 5 to 6 says, Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders, make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversations be always full of grace, seasoned with salt that you may know how to answer everyone together as a people of God we reveal who God is the good news that we have is like seasoning in this life it adds flavor gives us a reason why we are here gives us a purpose when our conversation is full of grace and seasoned with salt it's It's delicious The word of God is good news, makes life tasty. In the same way, salty food is satisfying, Moorish, the good news is so satisfying, so restorative and healing. What do we need to do to be like that town on a hill where it can be seen from miles around? with the promise of life and hope. We are to be a community that are for one another, serious about discipleship, serious about being disciples and discipling others, serious about being that missional community that can be seen from far off. A single house on the hill in isolation doesn't have that same kind of feel of promise of life and future hope. People are drawn to a town. Discipleship and mission goes hand in hand. Mm -hmm. When we look at what Jesus taught and commanded his disciples, it was all about how they could live as witnesses to God's kingdom and about inviting others to be part of it. And a big part of their discipleship is their witnessing about Jesus. Mission and discipleship goes hand in hand. And we are to live as witnesses to God's kingdom and invite others to be part of it. Jesus commanded his disciples to love God and to love each other and to go and teach others to obey this command, to love God and to love others and to go and obey these commands. Jesus commands us to be disciples, making disciples. And our discipleship happens while we are on mission. I'm gonna keep hammering this by the way. We must not separate discipleship from mission. Jesus' disciples learned by being on mission with him. They went out so they went out as lambs among wolves. They must have learned so much. When they came back, they were so excited. Jesus was so excited about what the disciples did. Because they learned, they weren't educated people when they went out. They weren't people that, that, um, that you, that like sco- the scholars and the, the Levites. They went out and they saw the power of God displayed. We can see the power of God displayed through us. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you think of yourself because you are full of the Holy Spirit and you can see the power of God move through you and demonstrated through you. They were obedient and they stepped out in faith. Their confidence was not on their own abilities. Their confidence was in Christ. Let's have confidence in the transformation of Christ in our own lives. You know, you have amazing stories and testimonies. I loved how you got people out to say, well, you know, let's declare the goodness of God. Let's say, what is the goodness of God in your life? And there were some stories that, that were shared. And these are, this is our testimony. These are the things that people need to hear about Jesus. This is how we witness about Jesus. We declare the goodness of God in our lives and we say, look what he does to me. Look what he does for me. Look how he's always with me. You know, if you don't have a testimony of the goodness of God in your life, you certainly have a testimony of that he has saved you and rescued you. And you have a hope of a future where you get to go to a place where there'll be no more crying. There'll be no more pain. And you get to be there for all of eternity. That is your witness. You can witness that to people because they need to hear that. community of God. We, we grow together. We grow together in our going. We, we can challenge one another. We can provoke one another. We can encourage one another. We can share our disappointments and our discouragements and we can stand on one another and cheer one another on. We can prophesy over one another and tell each other and release the gifts in one another to go out there and use the gifts of God that God has given to us. The gifts of God that God has given us is to, to go and to display something of the wonder of God. That's attractive. That's tasty. That's Moorish. There's something about that that's Moorish. In Proverbs 27 17, it says, Iron sharpens iron, <coughs> and one person sharpens another. And this verse highlights the idea that. Just as iron sharpens iron, we can sharpen one another through our interactions and our shared experiences. You know, we we encourage one another to grow together. It's through our working together and our mutual support that we can help each other to be better versions of ourselves. We can help each other to become more like Jesus. Help each other to be a faithful witness of Jesus we will grow in our going together as followers of jesus we are called to live a life of missional discipleship and this means that every aspect of our lives our relationships work and daily interactions should be infused with the light and love of christ we are both learners and teachers It takes effort, it takes work, it takes laying down some things. It might even be that, you know, we're um, carrying things that are getting in the way. You know, Jesus said to his disciples, don't take a bag or a purse or anything. Maybe, you know, it's the things that are weighing us down, stopping us, that are hindering us. These are things that, that we have picked up and it's stopping us from living this missional life being disciples, making disciples. You know, we 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 can get tempted along the way that actually this life is something different. You know, this life isn't anything other than being disciples, making disciples, be on mission together. That's that's where it's a, that's where we find our joy. That is where we find our fulfilment. If we're not happy in this world, it's could it be that we're not like doing the things that God has got designed for us to do? Could it be? Maybe we should be thinking, okay, God, what is it that you want me to do? Is this something that I need to let down? Is this something that's hindering me and and getting in the way? You know, when Jesus said to disciples, you know, don't greet anyone on the way, and that, that, that seems a bit of a strange thing, isn't it? Don't greet anyone on the way to this mission. And I just was thinking about that and I was thinking, you know, sometimes we can get into conversations that, that can distract us that can cause us to lose hope. We can even you can have conversations with ourselves, can't we, saying, well, you're no good. Who do you think you are? Do you think you can do this? Do you think you can heal the sick and cast out demons? Who do you think you are? And we can have these conversations that distract us and and that stop us from doing the things that God has called us to do. Don't have these conversations. Jesus is so excited when you trust him and let him work through you. He gives you the words to say in the right moments and the power of God will manifest through you when you step out. This is exciting. This is where we will find fulfillment in life when we're being used by God in a powerful, significant way. I've seen such wonderful things when I've stepped out in faith to minister to those who don't know Jesus. And this is something exciting. When I hear stories of people speaking the word of God to people or witnessing to people and, and people being receiving Christ Jesus or getting healed. It excites me. There's something about it. It's really, really exciting. We will grow in our going. So let's embrace the Great Commission. That we are called as children of God to take responsibility that each of us to do discipleship while we're on mission. It's while we are embracing this great commission to disciple and be discipled, while also on mission that we will be transformed into the likeness of Jesus and become effective ambassadors of his kingdom. let your life together with others be that salt and light, be that powerful witness the transforming power of the gospel and draw others in to be part of that. Draw others in to be part of that. Be those that help people to find Jesus and to follow him. And we can do this together. Let me just pray for you. Maybe we just close your eyes and just allow the Holy Spirit just to speak to you. May the Holy Spirit wants to just minister to you and just give you comfort, strengthening and encouragement right now. Maybe the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you about <laughs> the distractions and the the things that you've picked up that's slowing you down, that's, that's stopping you from doing the things that he's called you to do. Maybe you've had those conversations with yourself or with or the enemy has distracted you and said to you lies to you that's stopping you from doing the things that Jesus has called you to do allow the Holy Spirit just to speak to you right now what does this mean for you is this something that you need to do what does it look like for you to be part of a community doing discipleship and mission together this is something that the Holy Spirit is laying on your heart. Father, I just want to just thank you. I thank you, God, that, that, Lord, that you are so interested in us to, and you want us to have this exciting life of adventure, being on mission with you, that, Lord God, I thank you, God, it's so exciting when we see, when we go out into the harvest and we're seeing people respond to you and when we pray for the sick and they get healed and when we tell people about you and they want to know more and and they receive you lord god help us lord god help us to encourage one another in this help us to step out in faith to to not feel like we have to have it all together to go and do this stuff but that we learn as we go lord jesus i just just pray that you will just pour out your spirit right now on each and every single person here afresh That we will just know a real encounter with you that excites us, that motivates us, that helps us to let go of stuff that we don't need, that helps us to go ahead of you, to witness about you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Amen.